What exactly happened in overtime last night in a loss to the Vegas Golden Knights? And what are we to make of this three-game losing streak as the Bruins hit the 41-game mark of the regular season? Let's discuss it on a brand new episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. Your Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be. Today is Friday, January 12th, and I want to thank you so, so much for making Locked On Bruins part of your daily routine, free and available on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKEDONNHL to get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. The Boston Bruins losing 2-1 in overtime to the Vegas Golden Knights and our old friend, Bruce Cassidy last night will discuss what went wrong, what went right, and what to make of this current three-game extra-time losing streak here in a moment. A quick reminder, you can find the podcast on social media at Locked NHL Bruins, and you can find me, my hockey thoughts, dad jokes, at Ian C. McLaren. Let's start with some good news before we dive into last night's game. Uh, Jim Montgomery, head coach, provided... Promising news on Matthew Patra, Linus Allmark, and Brandon Carlo yesterday before the game, saying that all three remain on the Bruins' road trip and are considered day-to-day. Best-case scenario there, especially with Allmark, because it really looked as though we were looking at a lengthy stint on IR for the goaltender who suffered a lower body injury during overtime against the Arizona Coyotes the other night. Uh, Carlo was placed on IR Thursday, but that's retroactive. And Matt Patra continues to heal from an upper body injury as well. None of them were sent back to Boston for further evaluation, which is a positive. They're still with the team. However, none of them were able to suit up for Thursday's game against the defending Stanley Cup champions who had been shut out 3 nothing by the Colorado Avalanche the night before. Still, um, the Bruins not able to get the job done on the road. And, and let's start in overtime. Third straight game, the Bruins have gone past regulation. And this game was ended early on in overtime by Alex Pietrangelo, who... Received a nice feed from Mark Stone. I should mention both Mark Stone and Jack Eichel left the game briefly with injury scares of their own. They were able to come back and make an impact. Eichel scored. Stone got the assist on the uh, the game winner. Now there's a lot of talk about David Pasternak uh, with a pretty poor defensive recovery. After he tried to poke the puck away from Stone, Stone got by him, 
and then came in on a two-on-one with Pietrangelo, buried the game winner. This comes on the heels of Pasternak receiving some criticism for a shootout attempt uh, earlier this week and a very lackadaisical shootout attempt that was, you know, very targeted towards the goaltender's five hole. But nonetheless, if it had got in, we'd be saying he makes it look so easy. We've covered this the other day. The reality is that a lot more people should be talking about Brad Marchand on the play. Pasternak went for the poke, and instead of circling around to cover him defensively, if that poke was not effective, Marchand continued into the offensive zone, anticipating a turnover. As it turned out, the poke was not effective, and both players were caught flat-footed behind the play, allowing Vegas to come the other way and bury the game, finish it off in overtime. Sure, Pasta could have come back a bit uh, more aggressively, but Marshawn has to come around and defend him or, or offer some defensive coverage when that guy's making that kind of pinch, in my mind anyways. Now, the Bruins did outshoot Vegas in this one. They, on paper, should have won this game. They had, uh, in all situations, they had uh, the advantage in terms of shot attempts, shots, uh, scoring chances were fairly even, high danger chances fairly even as well. Five-on-five play, however, it was even more geared towards the Bruins. They got into some penalty trouble that... Uh, you know, Eichel scored on the power play. That was a big turning point. Five on five played, the Bruins dominated straight up. 58.2% of their shot attempts, 69% of the shots, 60% of scoring chances, 68.8% of high danger chances. Still, the Golden Knights got their opportunities, and Jeremy Swayman had to come up big in order to. Um, give the Bruins even a chance in this one. And Jim Montgomery said, you know, unfortunately, the goaltender had to make several great saves for them just to get the point. And Swayman said so as well in a rare kind of animated moment. He said, I have to make saves like that in timely manners. Happy to have that. But we've got to finish these kind of games, he said. Quote, it's just not acceptable at this point. He added... I'm excited to get to work and do what we need to do to finish games because we will soon finish those games and it will feel bleeping good. Um, the Bruins, yeah, they had, they did allow some high danger chances, but they also generated a fair bit as well and had the advantage at even strength. And if they had not gotten into some penalty trouble, this game could have uh could have gone the other way. It didn't. They they got the point at least. And uh while they are on a three game losing streak and have lost four of the past five, they still were able to get the point, which is big and um to earn those points against some western conference, you know, powerhouses in uh, Vegas and Colorado is 
fairly impressive. And again, the 10 penalty minutes versus six for uh, Vegas really hurt the Bruins, uh, but they had their opportunities. They had shots on goal. Credit to Logan Thompson for making some big saves. Jeremy Swayman made some big saves to keep them in it. And unfortunately, things fell apart there in overtime, not just due to David Pasternak, but also because of Brad Marchand's uh, ineffective coverage there on the pinch. So what do we make of this current three-game losing streak? What does it mean in the big picture? Well, we'll touch on that here as the podcast continues. Sleeper is the place you want to be to play daily fantasy hockey. They have some amazing deals right now, and you can win up to 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey. It's our number one choice for daily fantasy sports because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash. All you have to do is pick whether studs like uh, David Posternock, Connor McDavid, Nathan McKinnon will record more or less than their sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, shots, plus, minus, and more in a given game. To win 100 times your bet, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. So win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with sleeper. Start paying attention and nail your picks. Use promo code LOCKEDONNHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKEDONNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. The Boston Bruins are now at the halfway point of the regular season schedule, and they're not exactly coming in hot. They've lost three in a row in overtime or shootout here on this road trip. Five, two, and three over the past 10 games, and they're only one point up on the Florida Panthers for first in the Atlantic division. I talked yesterday about how their strength of schedule, according to the athletic is toughest in the NHL in the second half with opponents with an average projected point total of 95 points. And that's after their opening 41 games, their opponents had projected point totals of an average of 87. Yes. The Bruins have lost three in a row. Yes. David Pasternak, for whatever reason, is drawing some criticism for his play in overtime last night in the shootout. The reality is they'd be nowhere close to first place without him. He's been their MVP and a bona fide MVP candidate in the NHL so far this season with 57 points through 41 games. No other Bruin is averaging a point per game. It's disappointing to have the three losses in a row. Disappointing not to get the extra points in these ones and lose ground to the Panthers. But if you're looking cup half full, which I try to do sometimes when it's warranted, you've got three points earned against Colorado, Vegas, Arizona is a bit more mid than those two teams, but still impressive not to have lost in regulation in those contests. And the Bruins currently have the fewest regulation losses in the NHL with eight. And the Winnipeg Jets are next with 
nine. They do have nine overtime and shootout losses. So they're leaving points on the table, but they're also, it's better to get that point in the shootout or overtime, which is pretty much a toss up. Let's be honest. It's a a skills competition. It's not how games will be decided in the playoffs, which keeps going at five on five, unless there's some power plays. And to be able to pick up those extra points is important. The Bruins were down last night. They were down against Colorado. I believe they were down against Arizona as well and still were able to push things to the extra frame and grab every point matters, right? If you look at point percentage, the Bruins have amassed 69.5% of all available points. Now third in the NHL in that respect. Goal differential, they rank uh, sixth. Are they a team that is going to be fighting for the President's Trophy? No. I think we all recognize that coming into the season. And if you're expecting them to maintain that level, then you are going to be disappointed. But if you have a more realistic approach, a more realistic out, outlook on this team, especially with Linus Allmark injured, especially with Matt Potra out of the lineup, Brandon Carlo and Derek Forbord out of the lineup, I mean, they had Jesper Bokvist on the first line last night. Um, that just shows you how much their depth is being tested at the moment. Parker Witherspoon playing on the second pairing. Mason Lorai with Kevin Shattenkirk on the third pairing. Morgan Geeky centering your top power play unit. Um, these are not ideal circumstances. And... We all discussed last year about how the Bruins came into it rather untested and kind of coasting. I'd rather them face some adversity in the regular season and learn from these situations like Jeremy Swayman mentioned. You know, you get these losses, but hopefully they'll soon learn to finish games and it'll feel that much better after having experienced some some losses here. Um, as far as the penalties go, that has to, to not be a thing anymore. And Montgomery said players are unwilling to check with their legs to get above pucks. And then they're using their sticks and arms to go through bodies. They reach a lot. They don't get above and they're playing from behind and it leads to hooking and tripping penalties. Now they do have the third best penalty kill, but if they commit fewer penalties, it will only help them to get some relief for their netminders and the current group of of defensemen of which they are without one of their better penalty killers. The Bruins do have an opportunity to end the um, road trip on a positive. You get these points, but Morgan Geeky admitted when you look back on it, it's good to get a point, but it still hurts nonetheless. And they'll have an opportunity to get back on the winning side of things against our old nemeses from St. Louis, the Blues. And uh, we'll preview that game here as the podcast continues. All right, people are catching the flu out there, and you need to be equipped to handle it, especially during uh, a shortage. According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out 
of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. That's pretty scary. The Jace pack is here for you with five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses like UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, and more. Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. Never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com, use code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your order. St. Louis Blues always bring up bad memories. Uh, Craig Berube no longer behind the bench. And the Bruins will be taking on the Blues in St. Louis at 8 p.m. on Saturday evening. One of 16 games around the NHL. A full slate of action. Now, it's the first of two meetings between these two clubs. The Blues will be in Boston on March 11th. The Blues are 6-4-0 over their past 10 games, and they're coming off a win over the New York Rangers, which is, let's be honest, no small feat. The Blues are off tonight, so both teams will be rested, although Boston will be uh, coming in on a bit of a travel stint here. Now, Who do we need to watch out for on the St. Louis side of things? They are led in scoring by Robert Thomas, uh, Pavel Butchnevich, Jordan Kairou, our old friend Kevin Hayes, well back with uh, 19 points in 40 games. Tori Krug, of course, 19 points in 40 games as well. Uh, Jordan Bennington has a record of 14-11-1 this season with an... uh, Goals against average of 3.01, a save percentage of 9.07. So the Bruins should have an advantage here in terms of goaltending because Jeremy Swayman is just straight up better than Jordan Bennington. 920 save percentage, 11-3-7 with the 247 goals against average. Uh, the Blues, again, Jordan Cairo leading them with three goals five points over their last four games. Uh, Not the most prolific team offensively. 26th ranked offense, 2.83 goals per game. Uh, Their defense isn't particularly amazing either. 3.15 goals per game they're allowing. The Bruins are fifth in that regard, 11th in offense. And again, their special teams still pretty good. Boston's penalty kill is third. St. Louis's power play is ranked 31st. So the Bruins should have an advantage there. Take fewer penalties and kill off the ones they may happen to take because St. Louis's power play is pretty abysmal. 27.2% success rate for the Bruins, who are fifth in that regard. And again, the Florida Panthers... Nine wins in a row. They're still one point back of the Bruins, but there's little margin for error there. The Bruins do have a seven-point cushion on Toronto for third place. And that's probably where you want to hang on to second so that you have home ice advantage in round one. Although 
we've seen with St. Louis, with Florida last year, that a game seven on home ice isn't necessarily a guarantee of success. So I'm looking forward to see what the Bruins can do here against the Blues. Uh, they're, a, they're a beatable team. St. Louis is outside of the playoff race at the moment in the Western Conference. Uh, two points out, albeit with a game in hand on Nashville. So they're going to be fighting for their playoff lives here. Minus 12 goal differential, though, which means that they are susceptible to, uh, yeah, to being taken advantage of. The Bruins have that game on Saturday, and then they'll be back to it pretty quick on Monday afternoon. So I'll either uh, post something Sunday, perhaps, in advance of that game, or after the game on uh, Monday, so that it has a bit more of a shelf life. But either way, I hope you have a fantastic weekend. We have a winter storm watch in effect up here. And uh, we're supposed to go to a couple of basketball games for our middle son tomorrow, but hopefully those are not canceled. Anyways, please take care of yourselves, friends. Take care of each other. Go easy on David Posternock. We'd be nowhere without him. And um, thank you again for making Locked On Bruins part of your day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day.